It's time for the Video Marketing Value Podcast. This is the podcast where we help you get more value out of your video marketing. My name is Dane Golden from VidAction. I'm here with my friends. Welcome, Shelly Saves the Day. Hello, Dane. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Gwen Miller from Hearst. I feel very welcomed. <laughs> and today we're talking about YouTube ads, pros and cons. And we'll start with Shelly. Shelly, isn't there sort of like you do ads or you don't do ads as a creator? Do you do ads? Do you not do ads? <laughs> I think it's like these ads is like two different worlds. There's people who work in ads and there's people who work in creating content. Never the two shall meet. Is that true? No, I don't think that is true. <clears throat> Sometimes the two shall meet. So there are a couple of times. Okay, so let's think in the brain because I'm sure all of us are coming at this from a different perspective, which I one reason why I think this is so cool. But if I come in with the creator brain on this one, and I'm sure Gwen will come in with corporate brain and Dan will come in with <laughs> small business brain. But as a creator, the most and first thing that comes to mind when I think of ads is maybe receiving money from YouTube and being part of the partner program. My mind does not automatically switch to being on the creation part of ads, just being on the receiving end financially of ads. Now, I think things will get interesting when creators can realize that they can use ads for a couple of different reasons. One could be to you know grow an audience by getting more exposure. The other is to recoup and invest into a business that has a product or service to sell. So I think it gets really interesting when and why you might do either. But those types of creators, if they're smart, start thinking about not just how do I receive, but how do I create into the ad space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's just that, you know, I... So I'm one of the rare people, I think, that, that helps businesses with both growing channels and running ads. And it's, you know, I sort of am on the fence on both sides with a lot of things. Gwen Miller, you, you come at this from a sort of larger content approach. How, right. how do you see ads personally? Is it, is it for the creator to run ads or only receive money for ads? Is it for the brand to only run ads and never do organic content? How, how is it? Or is it none of those or all of those? I think I've dealt it from with it from about every perspective you can think of. So let me walk you through some of the common cases. You know, one of the things that I do think is very smart right now that a lot more advertisers are doing, which is, and, and there's some key things for creators and content creators of all sizes to keep in mind when doing this, is you can kind of amplify, you know, most of the time advertisers are coming to us saying, hey, I want your organic reach. That's great, but if you're already making a piece of content, which is heavy lift, they might as well use that, right? And so they can often get a little bit more bang for their buck in a couple ways. Uh, a lot of times it's just amplifying the existing video, right? Uh, and De getting some that. more eyeballs. Define, so that would be amplify. usually typically running pre-roll ads with the video in it um, to uh, get more eyeballs on that branded portion. Now, if it's not a dedicated video and you uh, literally, maybe it's a two-minute integration, 
probably what's better for the advertiser is to have you yank out that two minutes and run just that two minute segment as an ad. So it's really strongly just they're paying for eyeballs to get on their branded portion. But if they do that, you need to negotiate into your contract a fee for that. That is considered additional. They're now getting advertising rights, not just access to your channel and your audience. So you should have them pay for that and also agree to a term that they can use your name and likeness. They can't just run for the next 50 years and make you the face of the brand for a minimal payment. Okay. So you've just given us an entire masterclass in one paragraph. So I'm going to ask you to unpack that a bit. So First of all, when we're saying amplification, what we mean is we're running ads to get more people to see it. And right. there's, and any YouTube video could be used as an ad. And in fact, only YouTube videos can be used as an ad, but it's not always a public video. Sometimes it's unlisted that other people can't see except only in the ad. Now there's two kinds of ads. There's the kind that comes before another video, and then there's the other kind. At least there's two kinds of video ads. The other kind just appears in the feed or in search. But this one you're talking about is in-stream, which means it appears before. It's a skippable ad. It can appear before any other video that you target. Now, what you're talking about is embedded promotions that show within a piece of content, whether or whether or not, whether or not it's actually running as an ad. So explain how that works. Explain how there's like a two minute segment within a larger piece of content. Well, Dane, are you old enough to have watched the Lawrence Welk show? (laughs) (laughs) I will pretend I'm not. TV back in the day, right, they didn't have these, you know, like, neat ad breaks. Like, what they'd have is the talent of the show would, say, sing one of their songs sitting in the back of a Ford truck, you know, or they'd be using the soap, uh, washing the dog while they were, you know, doing their little skit. Like, this was very common before the modern, like, ad breaks were invented. It, you know, the you're not being hawked to by a stranger in a commercial. You're being hawked to by your favorite talent or star. And in this case, it's a creator. So in the modern day parlance in a YouTube video, typically what that looks like is you have a a video, it's about a normal topic. But then maybe 30 seconds in, after a really strong uh, cold open, the, uh, the, the host might be like, hey, let me tell you about today's sponsor. And then they spend usually a minute or two talking about the product, product, preferably showing the product, and talking why they would recommend it to you. It's a very personal uh, way to uh, advertise and also uh, creates a lot of social credit between you and and the audience, which can, you know, raise the likelihood of click-through and therefore purchase. Now, someone might be saying, what a great idea. I should totally do that with my tiny little 100, 1,000 subscriber channel. I'm just going to put some two-minute ads starting at 30 seconds. Good idea? Uh, Are you saying, like, is there a, like, are you too small to do that? Because is my is my audience loyal enough to sit through two minutes of me doing a promotion? Is there some 
is there some goodwill that's been built up of the channel and the and the mm. presenters on the channel and the way it's presented mm. that gets people to continue watching this this built-in baked-in integration that's not really a YouTube ad it's a sponsorship within a video and it, yeah you kind of hit on hit the nail on the head it, it's much more about the loyalty of your audience than the size of your audience you know a lot of people don't think that but they this like I want more subscribers as many as possible I want as many viewers as possible when you're talking about this space though advertisers are getting really savvy and they're looking for people who have the very loyal audience because uh, a lot of the times you might have a huge audience but you know you're kind of maybe you're people's 20th favorite YouTuber. Everybody watches you, but nobody really cares about you that much in terms of your opinion. And those type of videos might get a lot of views, but the advertiser isn't going to get a lot of sales. What's much better bang for their uh, for their punch, bang for their buck, that's what I was looking for, is to find some of these, say, mid-tier, even small-size YouTubers who may have a small audience, but they are fiercely loyal to that creator. And if they tell them to jump, the audience will jump. And that converts a lot better for the for the advertiser and they probably had to pay a lot less to get on that channel so it's much better win for them to look for these highly engaged audiences versus just views 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 and and, and I'm, I'm not avoiding shelly it just was so much information and i'm just going to ask one more question of gwen so when you talked about taking that segment and breaking it out you were talking about making it really its own video on wherever channel it's on, maybe it's on the advertiser channel, and running that as a pre-roll ad that stands mm-hmm. alone apart from the content it was originally in, and that needs to be done contractually. Is that all correct? Y- yes, correct. So the idea here is, you know, obviously when you're running the organic uh, video, it- it's probably going to take you 30 seconds to start the actual like ad role role. So that means you will have to have to get people pretty far into that ad to actually hawk the product. So it's probably more efficient for the advertiser to just have that two minute segment. So the first thing that comes up when the pre-roll starts, right, is talking about their product. But from a creator's st- uh, perspective, this is an additional ask. And, you know, I've heard a lot of stories. I've had advertisers tell me a lot that they will pay next to nothing for the actual, like, you know, integration because they don't really have that big of the audience. But then they will use that piece of, like, that two-minute piece of content for years. And they'll say, they'll be like, we earned $5 million off that. And this person maybe got $10,000. So it's very important to realize this is a highly valuable added uh, value for the advertiser. So you should be adding some sort of fee to reflect that and also make sure you're capping the amount of time so you don't, you know, you spend 10 years earning them $10 million and you see nothing. Okay. And and, and rounding back to Shelly Saves the Day. Shelly, today you have been designated that our, you're our creator representative for today and talking about what types of percentages creators get of YouTube ads because YouTube is super um, original in that they sort of invented the creator partner program where creators share in the earnings that YouTube gets from the ads. Now, other people copy them, but YouTube is still the best place to make an income for for 99% 
of uh, creators as far only as far as the ads are concerned is what I'm talking about for the share of ads. So how does that work exactly? Just give us a quick summary of of how that works and 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 what's the viewpoint of the creator? Oh boy, that is a whole sticky can of worms there because there's a few different things you you're going to want to look at. It depends on well, it depends. It always depends on a few things. But um, one of them is going to be what kind of videos you're creating because there is a different percentage based on if it might be a YouTube short that has music in it under the new uh, license and terms and agreements that they have versus what you might get on a regular long form video if you are monetized. So, I mean, the percentage, which was 55, 45, 55 to the creator on that ad split, then gets inverted to the 45, 55 on the shorts with monetizable, like the, the music and everything, especially, but then that's after the music companies have also taken their cut. So it's even less than what people think. So then there are different percentages that you might get if you're doing something like memberships or um, super chats where they take a percentage of that as well. So it can really become a variable rate based on which avenue you tend to use the most money. So that is one reason why a lot of these creators should go out and get some of these sponsorship deals. But you do have to be careful. Many things to which Gwen just alluded to with things like sponsorships, longevity of contracts, exclusivity, the rights to create ads or run ads against your own video. And then creators have this added additional layer of ambiguity because we also have to apply and abide by the FTC governing rules about how and where we disclose. And then there's also an additional rule around embedded third-party sponsorships and ads and YouTube content where you walk a very fine line between if it's something that YouTube offers versus something that you're trying to insert into the middle of your video, like a mid-roll or something, if you do it in the wrong way, it can actually be a violation of terms of service as well. So one does really have to be careful with that. And then it could be anything negotiated based on clicks, views. There could be bonuses for hitting certain thresholds or perhaps um, referring a certain amount of people to a product or service. There could be additional bonuses given later um, after referrals hit a certain threshold. There could be a graduated scale of commissions. So it really comes down to how well you negotiate some of these things. And unfortunately, there isn't a one size fits all sure. for all creators. And, and you know, for advertisers, they may not really understand the creator program as you've explained it. And and, and they may not even know that each ad they buy actually partially goes to helping creators make more videos. And, and that's an interesting way of thinking about it. But give us an understanding of, you know, how much do creators get paid for ads? And, and we'll go for the, the long form videos as an example. And so how much do they get paid per thousand views? Um, how does it work? How often do they get paid? Can any creator get paid? Tell us some of those things. Am I offline? Oh, I can, can you hear me now? Uh, Shelly, yeah, I'm we can hear you I'm, now. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, as always, with every single answer, you know it. It depends on sure, so many summary, factors. So one is we're going to have to... Um, 
pre-qualify and say that for someone to be eligible to be in the partner program, they do have to live and reside in a country that participates in YPP. It's not always the case that every country does. So another thing is going to be usually because you have to be 13 or older to create a YouTube channel. If you are under the age of 18, a lot of the times it might be a parent or someone who has to set up the account and everyone does get paid one month um, at a time, once a month. And then there's going to be a variable rate for everyone. And it could go from, you know, 50 cents to every 1000 views or which is really that RPM. Um, and then it could be all the way up to 30, 40, 50 dollars, depending on the niche and how much advertisers are willing to pay to be in front of certain customers. So you can imagine that a lot of the time they might pay more if it's going to be a very affluent, um, let's say, North American company that they can advertise to, they're probably going to spend more than if it is a highly internationalized in certain markets where maybe that company isn't. And it's a lot of children who may not even have the purchasing power. So it can be completely variable, mm -hmm. independent. Mm -hmm. And so how, but, but what is a range of how much someone makes per million views or a thousand views? Oh, I mean, really, could any? It could be anywhere from fifty cents to fifty dollars for a, a, a thousand views. Yes. Okay, great. And you multiply that times a thousand, and that's what you're thinking if you have a million view video. So, I'm going to say not necessarily, <laughs> just because I have several videos that say that are both paralyzed in the number of views. And one video will have made $12 and the other video will have made $260. And so it really does. It depends. <laughs> and you also have to have, um, when you say YPP, we mean YouTube partner, partner program. And you will have to have reached a threshold of views and subscribers that's roughly over 1,000 subscribers and uh, yes. 4,000 views in a year. 4,000 hours of watch hours. time in a year. Or 10 million views on shorts within 90 days. Ooh. Uh, so for, for years, we've always said, because the thing is that anytime people learn about YouTube ads and they think about that partner program, they think, oh, I could qualify or I could drive, I could get more subscribers if more people just saw me. And the YouTube algorithm is against me, so I'm going to pay to have more views because any YouTube video can be um, part of a paid ad. And, and so the first thing they think is this is a great shortcut. We're going to do this. And 99 times out of a hundred, there's several things that, that happen in one, they don't realize that the types of views they might be buying are bad viewers. Meaning um, if I buy, um, a million views, which I could do by tomorrow. If you just give me $10,000 on YouTube ads, it's one penny per view, $10,000. I could have a million views for you, but they might be people who are not customers for my product. So there might be people in the developing world that either don't have the income or the language to even purchase my product or that we don't ship over there. Or someone might say, great, I don't care what type of views I get, you know, wherever they are in the world. But what happens is if you're showing people your videos and they really like your videos, but again, they're not your ideal customer, what happens in the algorithm is that 
people say, it, the algorithm says, oh, people over in this other country or at this in this other uh, group like your videos and let's show them more of your videos. So then you, your channel ends up becoming skewed. All that being said is that we still do this. We still, particularly for businesses, we particularly for businesses amplify videos, but in a very, very, very specific way. For instance, if you're offering a service like a, you know, some sort of app on the Salesforce platform, well, it would behoove you to have your video come up first in YouTube search for that type of service apart from any other services, right? So that type of amplification, you can say, well, that's just like Google ads. That's a really darn good idea. But what we, what we actually go for is not, that, that's one version of it. What I actually go for is two things. We think it's a good idea to amplify it when it's a video that could help either audience retention or sales. Those are the really the two goals. So if you're targeting these ads, you really have to meet some similar audience retention, at least in the strategy that we use, which is to drive leads and sales. You should have similar audience retention as that video does organically. And if it's not, then you're actually, we feel you're actually hurting the channel and the video. Gwen Miller, I know you have a lot of thoughts on that and running pre-rolls is an entirely different Mm-hmm. approach to that. What what are some comments on what I said? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, once you start to say, hey, the purpose of my ad spend isn't to say, um, advertise a specific product that I have in this piece of video footage, whether it's sitting live on your channel or not, and you're saying my actual purpose for this is to grow viewership of my channel, your strategy has to be radically different. A, you know, it, it, there is pros and cons, right? You know, YouTube is the world's strongest, like, audience matcher. So sometimes if you're just forcing it, that money you could have spent on forcing people to watch your video, maybe you could have spent it on making your content better so that organically they would have wanted to watch it. So (laughs) there becomes, you have to kind of weigh those pros and cons. But if you have decided, hey, I can both invest in making my content really good and I want to accelerate the natural process, then you, you can cannot be running these things as pre-roll ads because there's not really a, 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 an organic way to get them to view more of your content. That is the whole goal here is to get them to like maybe hit the subscribe button or view more content. They're seeing it in a pre-roll. There is a way for them to click through for, to your channel, but every time I have to relook for the way and it's really hard. Nobody ever, nobody ever clicks on that. So right. if you're just spending money on the pre-roll, it's really just a waste of money. And a lot of people do it because it's the dirt cheapest way to do it. And they do it the dirt cheapest way, which to your point, Dane, is often, hey, I'm going to get people who are way out of my target audience, maybe even in a country that can't even buy my product. And yeah, you're getting all these views, but they, they're not worth anything to you. So if you're going to do it, you need to be targeted targeting the audience that can buy and then also you need to be running them as and I have a hard time keeping up because YouTube always changes the name of these ads it used to be called discovery but now they're called in feed which gets confusing because 
that's I usually automatically think of that as pre-roll is within the like the feed of the video. But what they mean is like in feed in terms of like, hey, your suggested videos on the right hand side or sitting on your home page. And it really is just like a paid way to get an opportunity for a click. Then once they click, they're in your organic viewing experience. The subscribe button is bam big right there. And you're, they have the opportunity to click through to your channel watch more videos or hit one of the other suggested videos that may be going to your channel on the right hand side or they could click on an end card you suddenly have actual organic ways to convert that paid person into a continued organic viewer so you need to go that it's a little bit more expensive than pre-roll but if your goal is audience growth it's really the only way to go so i'm going to say something controversial here Ooh. i'm not even sure if i believe it 100 percent. here but here it is youtube channels and organic videos, meaning videos, organic is non-paid videos. They're great at driving views. YouTube ads are great at driving sales. Mm. Now, ne neither is entirely 100% one or the other. But when we say YouTube's algorithm is the greatest thing at driving views, it's true. It's true. It's fi it's finding your viewers, but your viewers are not always your customers. And we were talking with one, we were talking about one of the commenters on one of your videos the other day. You were interviewed. Um, uh, tell us about actually tell us about the interview you did, by the way, and I'll come back. Oh yeah, so I had a wonderful opportunity. Uh, Renee Ritchie is the uh, newly appointed creator liaison over at YouTube, and he has started interviewing kind of uh, YouTube specialists um, throughout the industry on the creator liaison channel on YouTube. And he's been doing an analytic series and I am the analytic geek here. Um, so I had the opportunity to go on and kind of talk about how to use retention for storytelling, how to build returning audiences, all my favorite things. And yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, uh, you know, someone left a comment on that video that reminded me of this podcast and especially of you, Dane, talking about a uh, a business that they had around Halloween and asking for very specific advice. And Dane, bless your soul, went in and gave a very detailed answer and really spent a lot of time looking at the, the channel and the company. Uh, and I'd love to, uh, to hear a little bit about what you found because it looked like a fascinating channel. They had a lot of subscribers. Yeah, and I'm going to ask your feedback on this too, Shelly. So, so here's what I told him, Shelly. I said, your channel is great for getting views, but they're not all your customers because they had very, very expensive Halloween costumes and props for movies. But my opinion of who the viewers are are people who just love really, really scary things. Now, with YouTube ads... Just, just as the same way that the people who watch all the videos about Lamborghinis are not customers for Lamborghinis. So there's a difference between getting videos that will get you a lot of views and necessarily going out and finding your own sales with targeted YouTube ads. What are your thoughts, Shelley? 
I thought that that was an interesting use case. I know we chatted briefly, very briefly about it because there are a lot of seasonal companies that also have something like that. And what do you do the rest of the year when it's no longer that thing top frame of mind? Um, now, that being said, <laughs> I think you are completely right with there are a lot of channels that are really good at getting views but are not good at selling anything. So they end up going a very generic route, which is buy my merchandise, buy my something, because they don't actually have an audience that is so invested in them, their product or the outcome and result of what will happen if they buy said product or service versus, oh, I come here and I'm entertained and maybe I would sport this logo if the shirt is cool enough because I would wear it anyway. So I think it's kind of an interesting mix. And I know you're very much into a targeted ad system, which I think is the right way to go. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that. But for me, I, I also am going to come back to when I think of YouTube ads for creators. I have seen and done ads for people who are trying to get more views. And it's not always a very high quality viewer. And then your retention doesn't do well. And then I think also like they know like, you're, you're using um, paid ads to try and drive traffic. You can spend through your money very quickly, and then all of a sudden, all of that burst of traffic is gone. It really hasn't done that much for you. Versus, like Gwen said earlier, you could take that money and, and spend it on something else, something to make the video better. So I think it's really interesting that unless you're going to have a product or service that you're going to make money back on, and you can see, like, hey, it cost me $70, but my product is $100, so I'm still making money every single time I'm doing this, versus the people who are just doing it to try and get more subscribers or views on their channel, then realizing there's nothing on the other end of that thing to make any money back. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so there's some, there's a certain group of channels that are just amazing channels. And, and, and that's a couple of them. So like the one that does uh, the costumes is a great one. And um, because lots of people love costumes. I'm sure I mentioned one that I just forgot, right? I had one in my head. I, th I thought I'd sent it, but set up, but I didn't. But one of the other ones is like the Nest Camera. Nest Camera, mm. um, they love putting videos people send in about people who steal stuff off the porch. Well, people who love those types of videos aren't necessarily the people who say, oh, that's actually going to make me buy one. I just really enjoy watching people <laughs> steal stuff, you know, and get caught. And it's a different thing. There's another channel that I absolutely love. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but if you love uh, movies and how movies are made, there's a channel called Studio Binder. You guys ever heard of it? No. Okay, so they break down all different types of movies and what's a protagonist? How do you do lighting? How do you do framing? What's, you know, writing? Well, how do you, you know, all these different things about movies. What do they provide? They provide software that helps you make movies. Um, how do you manage scripts? How do you manage, um, you know, your staff and your budget and all that stuff? It's called Studio Binder. Well, my theory is the group of people that use, could possibly use their software, the number of people in the world who possibly <laughs> could, could make movies is smaller than the group of people who really love these videos because there's millions and millions of people who love these videos about how movies are made. So it's not necessarily the exact same group of people. So 
In this case, in a lot of cases, it's really helpful to have both. You don't necessarily have to have, you know, one or the other, really. You could go all the way down the ads path, like somebody like um, Dollar Shave did. Or you can go entirely down the organic path, which we know tons of people who have really succeeded that way. For a business, particularly a business under 200 people, we actually recommend doing both. You want to have your organic videos and build your brand and have something that people can build a connection with you week after week after week. But you also want to push forward and go after that exact audience with exact targeting and exact messaging and a much more direct, if not harsh, you know, just a direct, we sell this, would you like to buy it? It's done all over the world. It's one of the oldest professions. We have something to sell. But YouTube channels are generally not, we have something to sell. It's more content marketing. We do this stuff, and if you like, come over and buy stuff. YouTube ads, really what their best are, we have something to sell you, please come and buy it. And they both work best when they work together. Sermon over. Gwen <laughs> Miller, you said that you sometimes work with people who want to grow the brand by amplifying the videos outside of, you know, what are, what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen when doing that? that or have we covered all that? I think we've kind of covered that, right? Okay. I, I do think it really does come down to... Uh, YouTube is already going to organically find you the most qualified people to watch your content. So all you're doing with paid is kind of forcing it to expand that reach to maybe people who are less qualified with your brand. So it can be, again, maybe not the most efficient use of your time and your resources versus just organically growing an audience via putting your money. And I want to be very careful when I say this because a lot of people can sit, think about putting more money into content and then they end up with like all these flashy things and things that looks like a TV show which doesn't really fit to the platform. That's not what I mean at all. Like if anything, it's it's making more content, sp- having more money to spend on say, like getting someone to really script out your content or really getting a strong editor or something like that uh, are these ways that may not be flashy on screen but really help the storytelling that can be oftentimes way more beneficial so just be very careful about how you're spending your money because to Shelly's point oftentimes you just burn through your budget and then you're like well that didn't work and and you kind of have to uh, you know you've used up all that money you could have used to say get a longer runway to have more time remember these channels are slow builds like it's not YouTube is not overnight success you know, even the people who think were an overnight success were not. Oftentimes they were grinding for years and it feels like an overnight success because you had never seen them before, but they've been making content for a while. Maybe not on that channel. Maybe they've deleted all their original videos because they were terrible, <laughs> but we all started off terrible and it took years to get there. Let's and, and- go in on one point that you just said and that is piggybacking off one that I said, which is you can blow through your entire budget. And I believe that one of the biggest reasons why people blow through their budget is that they don't know how to appropriately set up an ad that can try to target the correct people. Now, I know Dane has a lot of experience with this, and 
I'm sure you have lots of pros and cons and horror stories about how much people have spent on getting audiences that aren't for them. But there are ways and people like Dane that you can trust to help you create a plan to come up with a more targeted type of audience to get you the right viewers. Yeah, it's the right viewers. So um, here's a here's a question for you, Shelley. And um, I'm not really sure how to how to ask this question. Is making an ad and making a funnel, you know, to sell that thing, is that somehow dirty or selling out? Or <laughs> uh, I was talking with um, somebody today and he's like, yeah, I love, you know, I love helping people, but just the concept of funnels, it just is dirty. It just makes me feel dirty and I'm very against it. And, and then there's, you know, from the creator perspective, there's that term selling out. Does actually selling something selling out? Is this all put us down a path towards evil? <laughs> well, if you think about it, almost everyone is selling something, right? You're selling entertainment in exchange for someone's time, hopefully on YouTube. And a lot of the time, maybe you're selling advertising space on your channel for a sponsor, or perhaps you're selling your own product, or you're doing nothing but creating videos, let's say for entertainment, and then your video will be used as an ad for a pre-roll bumper or something for someone else who is willing to spend money as well. So you could be selling your own product, or you could be helping sell some other product or both because you can have pre-rolls plus have your own um, sponsored segment for your own video or podcast. But if you think about it, the people who probably feel dirtiest or sleaziest or anything about that are the ones who aren't always the most confident in that what they have helps people's lives be better. Because a lot of the time when you do run across those people who have something you can't seem to shut them up every single time you start a conversation. They want to tell you about something that is going to change your life. So I feel like um, I completely understand where it does feel that way. You're like, I don't want to have to self-promote myself. I hate that feeling. I don't want to come across as greedy. But could it be more selfish to actually have a solution that would make someone's life easier or better or help them make more money and then keep it to yourself? Let me tell you the number one problem that small businesses have on YouTube. It's not sales. It's not budget. It's time. Um, it's not methodology. The problem is, is that it takes, as we know, with any YouTube channel, it takes work. And a small business, you know, under 200 people, they have to get a few different people rowing in the same direction. The leadership of the company has to coordinate with somebody who makes the videos and the topics, has to coordinate internally. It takes resources. And even if they're 100% sure this is somehow going to work somehow, and even if they're starting to see actually analytics, the likes increase, the subscribers increase, oftentimes they quit, often after around a year. Or they maybe they don't quit, but they really make it a back burner thing because they're just not seeing what's happening is that the, their customer is, nurture, is being nurtured, but they don't know it because that person hasn't said anything. 
and they haven't spoken to that person. If it was an email list growing, then you'd be like, oh, it's growing and we see emails and we're sending out emails. But a subscriber base that gradually grows from 800 to 1500, even if they're highly, highly targeted, they just don't feel it viscerally. But you know what they do feel viscerally is just one comment of a super, super interested person. You get one comment out of that customer, the business will suddenly see that value. And that's why I always say, really try to get people to comment more than subscribe, more than like, more than grow views even. Particularly for a small business, get people to comment. And that's why I've you know, considered many, many different ways of getting people that just say hello or hi or start any sort of conversation in the comments because you get one person asking a great question. You're like, hey, there's just these people over there that are really awesome. And you don't need ads to do that. But what happens when you do ads is you speed up the process. That's it. You just get to those customers a little bit faster and that keeps the whole, your whole YouTube team motivated in doing something that was right for them to do all along. You just speed up the process and that's what businesses need. They need to speed things up. Uh, Shelly, what do you think about YouTube comments for businesses? I think several things about YouTube comments. Most of the time they're left unfiltered or too heavily filtered. <laughs> you'll, you'll go to some and you'll see that it's only positive like reviews. It looks like, did you pay your employees or just make them do that? Um, and to say that, we have a whole another Sunday Riley occasion here. Um, or they're not mining those comments for data and things that they can use to either make videos on, to respond with in kind to say like, oh, I hear you. You know what? We can do this. Or, oh, that's a great point. We're going to put that on our roadmap of like upcoming changes. Or, oh, you'll be pleased to know we do have this feature. And you think about that. That is someone who is already interested in either this video or this product. And if they had a positive interaction with a company that was nice to them, that actually was helpful for them and showed them that it does or doesn't do something that they actually had wanted or didn't want, um, it could actually create more customers. And I feel like brands are so busy getting to that next thing, that next video, they forget the next comment. Well, I think that's a good point to conclude on. So Shelly saves the day. How can people find you until next week? You can find me. Um, come hang out with me on Twitter under Shelly Saves That or just on my website. You can always find me, ShellySavesTheDay.com. And Gwen Miller, how can people find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm Gwen I am, or go hang out with me on LinkedIn, Gwen Miller. Gwen I am. That's letter I, letter M. And my name is Dane Golden from VidAction.tv. Find me on the VidAction TV YouTube channel. And also, if you need to talk to someone about growing your business on YouTube, go to talk to Dane, the A and E dot today until next week here's to helping you help your customers through video Bye.